Chapter sixty seven of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Woman and Demon. Jean had remarked the trouble of Charny, the solicitude of the Queen, and the eagerness of both for a conversation. After what we have already told of the meetings between Jean and Oliva, our readers will have been at no loss to understand the scenes in the park. Jean, when she came in to the Queen, watched her closely, hoping to gather something from her, but Marie Antoinette was beginning to learn caution, and she guarded herself carefully. Jeanne was therefore reduced to conjectures. She had already ordered one of her footmen to follow Monsieur de Charny. The man reported that he had gone into a house at the end of the park. "'There is, then, no more doubt,' thought Jeanne. "'It is a lover who has seen everything. It is clear.' I should be a fool not to understand. I must undo what I have done. On leaving Versailles, she drove to the Rue Saint-Cloud. There she found a superb present of plate sent to her by the cardinal. She then drove to his house and found him radiant with joy and pride. On her entrance, he ran to meet her, calling her, Dear Countess, and full of protestations and gratitude. Thank you also for your charming present, you are more than a happy man. You are a triumphant victor. Countess, it frightens me. It is too much. Jean smiled. You come from Versailles, continued he. Yes. You have seen her. I have just left her. And she said nothing? What do you expect that she said? Oh, I am insatiable. Well, you had better not ask. You frighten me. Is there anything wrong? Have I come to the height of my happiness, and is the descent to begin? You are very fortunate not to have been discovered. Oh, with precautions and the intelligence of two hearts and one mind. That will not prevent eyes seeing through the trees. We have been seen? I fear so. And recognized? Oh, Monseigneur, if you had been, if this secret had been known to anyone, Jean Valois would be out of the kingdom, and you would be dead. True, but tell me quickly. They have seen people walking in the park. Is there any harm in that? Ask the king. The king knows. I repeat to you, if the king knew, you would be in the Bastille. But I advise you not to tempt Providence again. What do you mean, dear Countess? Do you not understand? I fear to understand, he replied. I shall fear if you do not promise to go no more to Versailles. By day? Or by night? Impossible. Why so, Monseigneur? Because... I have in my heart a love which will end only with my life. So I perceive, replied she ironically, 
and it is to arrive more quickly at this result that you persist in returning to the park for most assuredly if you do your love and your life will end together oh countess how fearful you are you who were so brave yesterday i am always brave when there is no danger but i have the bravery of my race and am happier in the presence of danger but permit me to tell you no countess the die is cast death if it comes but first love i shall return to versailles alone then you abandon me and not i alone she will come you deceive yourself she will not come is that what you were sent to tell me it is what i have been preparing you for she will see me no more never and it is i who have counselled it madame do not plunge the knife into my heart cried he in a doleful voice it would be much more cruel monseigneur to let two foolish people destroy themselves for want of a little good advice countess i would rather die as regards yourself that is easy but subject you dare not dethrone your queen man you will not destroy a woman but confess that you do not come in her name that she does not throw me off i speak in her name it is only a delay she asks take it as you wish but obey her orders the park is not the only place of meeting there are a hundred safer spots the queen can come to you for instance monseigneur not a word more the weight of your secret is too much for me and i believe her capable in a fit of remorse of confessing all to the king good god impossible if you saw her you would pity her what can i do then ensure your safety by your silence but she will think i have forgotten her and accuse me of being a coward to save her can a woman forgive him who abandons her do not judge her like others i believe her great and strong i love her for her courage and her noble heart she may count on me as i do on her once more i will see her lay bare my heart to her and whatever she then commands i will sacredly obey jean rose go then said she but go alone i have thrown the key of the park into the river you can go to versailles i shall go to switzerland or holland the further off i am when the shell bursts the better Count tess you abandon me with whom shall i talk of her oh you have the park and the echoes you can teach them her name countess pity me i am in despair 
well but do not act in so childish a dangerous a manner if you love her so much guard her name and if you are not totally without gratitude do not involve in your own ruin those who have served you through friendship swear to me not to attempt to see or speak to her for a fortnight and i will remain and may yet be of service to you but if you decide to brave all i shall leave at once and you must extricate yourself as you can it is dreadful murmured the cardinal the fall from so much happiness is overwhelming i shall die of it suffering is always the consequence of love come monseigneur decide am i to remain here or start for Luzon? remain countess you swear to obey me on the faith of a rohan good well then i forbid interviews but not letters really i may write yes and she will answer try the cardinal kissed jeanne's hand again and called her his guardian angel the demon within her must have laughed end of chapter 67 recording by john van stan savannah georgia